Exactly one week ago, Jesus was a baby, and Jesus was with his family, the Holy Family, and Joseph and Mary were taking him by way of Egypt, a long route home that only made sense because they were escaping a tyrant, Herod. The very next day, Jesus is still a baby. It's the Feast of the Epiphany last Monday, and three wise ones or or, or a few magi coming from the east. These ancient astrologers were, were charting the course of the star and made it to the crash and saw the baby Jesus on Monday. And here we are six or seven days later, and the adult Jesus is being baptized, which chronologically makes no sense whatsoever. None. I have a good friend who's an Episcopal priest named Sam Pitaro, and we were talking once, and I was saying to him, you know, it sometimes confuses me. I often wonder about these gaps in the four Gospels. You know, you've got, got these gaps, and I just don't know how to, how to make sense of that. And he said, you know, it's not that different from a family photo album at all. <laughs> you know, when you look back sometimes, you can see just these gaps of months and years in your own life, your own child's life, a grandchild's life, that you just, you just didn't either snap, produce, or get the photos in that album. It's just like that, he said. The problem, though, we've got this Sunday is the gap is 20 or 30 years long. But it's really not a problem when we remember that the Christian faith does not depend upon certainty. We have this this whole segment of Christ's life in which he grew, and we know nothing about it. And it's a kind of invitation to, to imagine by faith what all Christ went through. And because Christ's flesh is our flesh, it's an invitation to imagine that what Christ went through for those two or three decades was something remarkably similar to what we go through. Ups and downs, highs and lows, dreams and terrors all that the human heart experiences. This Sunday in the photo album, though, we have a a clear and compelling and inspiring picture of Jesus' baptism. It starts with a little dialogue between Jesus and John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a prophet. He's a baptizer. He baptizes people in the River Jordan. And as best we can tell, scholars think, that what John's baptism was, it was this, this rite or ritual of intensification and, and repentance and going in a new direction. You know, John's the one that's always shouting, turn around, repent, for the kingdom is, is here. And this getting in the River Jordan with John symbolized that you had gotten the message and you were indeed turning around. So there's a little bit of confusion at the start of this reading about why Jesus is going through that. Does Jesus himself need to turn around? What exactly is going on? But then what becomes very clear is this ritual of intensification and turning becomes to be about identity. Identity. As we hear this voice from the heavens say, you are my son, the beloved. And the dove, sounding like the organ and the antiphonal organ, descends in this fluttering, beautiful way. 
And we have this experience of feeling that voice of love descending upon Christ. Identity. These readings, especially when they're so mysterious, become a kind of lens or window through which we see our own lives. So I want to tell you something. This is just me. It comes to me as I hear and experience this story. I come from a long line of men who are not huggers. I come from a long line of men who are not exactly affectionate and who don't sort of embrace you and look you in the eye and tell you I love you so much. These are my people. (laughs) And God interrupted all of that with me in becoming a priest because all I do is talk about love. My grandfather farmed his entire life except for his service in World War II I was around him all the time for 20 years. He was a quiet, focused farmer. He had a gentle side, too. I loved being with him. For 20 years, I was around him for a a lot of time. When he died, I did a quick calculation on the back of the envelope of how many words I thought I'd heard him say in 20 years. I think I heard a 1,000 words total. Loved being with him, but he just didn't talk about love and affection and those sorts of things. My dad's the same way. He's this big, gregarious, confident guy. He's wonderful in so many ways, but he's just not a hugger. He's not someone who says, "I I love you. And all of that got interrupted with me and being a priest. And all of it really got interrupted with my son, who's a senior in high school, who's also a big guy physically like my dad. And and my son is, it's total affection, total affection. He's a hugger, He tells my wife and I just about every time we get off the phone with him that he loves us. And he will, with my dad, this big, gregarious, confident guy, my son will will embrace him and say, I love you, big daddy. That's his grandfather name. And my dad will say, love you too, Evans. So when I hear this gospel reading, when I feel this gospel reading, let me tell you what I feel. I feel the creator of the whole universe saying to Christ, you, you're my child. You're my, you were loved. You are the beloved. I hear the, the, the father saying to the son, I could never put into words how much I love with you and will always be with you. I hear the divine mother of all things and all people saying to the heart of her creation, I love you infinitely and always. I hear the source of all reality speaking what is the word that if our ears could only be opened, that we would hear continually throughout the cosmos, that it's all about God's infinite love. On this Sunday, we, we, we baptize. And what baptism does is it places us in that same water of the River Jordan. And it places that same window or lens that, that, that is Christ across us where we hear God saying to us, it's not just about Jesus. It's not just about the past. It is 
God loves you infinitely and unconditionally. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. This past week, an angel said to me, with 14 baptisms, it needs to be a short homily. And I said, I promise, Broderick. <laughs> Baptism is a, is, a, is a once in a lifetime, a once in a lifetime opportunity for these 14 people, for these 14 families. In the Episcopal Church and Catholic tradition, we, we don't rebaptize. We only baptize once. And it's because what we're about to do is the most sacred thing we do in church. It's in this sacrament, it's in this ritual that God's power bestows an identity that is permanent. And it will never, ever change. That's why we don't have to do it again, ever. It's a permanent identity that God bestows in this baptism. Now, it takes years, decades, all of life, maybe even all of eternity, to become conscious of what this means, to become conscious by faith of who we really are in Christ, in this community, and with one another. So, let's get to it. <laughs>